Zoe MD Podcast, where we explore topics about work and wellness to help you thrive on and off the job. Join me, obesity medicine physician, Dr. Michelle Johnson, to learn the science behind getting well and staying well. This podcast will focus on navigating the health challenges of the workplace, reclaiming control over your health, and living the complete life you desire. Welcome to another episode of Zoe MD Podcast. Today, our episode is Dr. Laura Hockman. She is a family medicine physician and an advocate for fellow doctors' well-being amidst rising burnout and dissatisfaction. Her own experiences led her to discover the ways physicians lose autonomy and how to reclaim their focus on helping patients. She has founded Happy Day Health, a boutique physician recruiting agency to match doctors with well-run physician-owned practices where they can return to a fulfilling career in medicine. Please welcome Dr. Laura Hawkman. So today, again, we would like to welcome Dr. Laura Hawkman to the Zoe MD podcast. She is a physician recruiter, and thank you, Dr. Hawkman, for coming to speak with us. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and your story? Yes, thank you for having me today. So I got into this because I'm a family medicine physician, and four years ago, when my I was in private practice, and that practice was bought out by a big hospital system. And when I went to look at the contract for the hospital, there were things in there that were really quite awful. There was a non-compete where if I were to leave for any reason, I would have to move out of the city because it was so large that even the surrounding cities were within that non-compete for two years. And there was an intellectual property clause in there where anything that I did belonged to to them. And the crazy part is they wouldn't negotiate at all, like at all. And their reasons for not negotiating were things like, well, but someone else signed it, so you should sign it too. (laughs) And no, I, I just, I couldn't do that. So, you know, if I ever didn't want to work for them, I'm young. I have, you know, 50 working years left in me. So the chances that I stay with the same company for 50 years it's possible if they're great, which is what we're going to talk about today. But, but you know, not entirely likely. And unfortunately, I didn't end up signing with them. So fortunately, 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 yeah. <laughs> it worked out very well that way. But that got me thinking, this was a very large system. And so if they were able to just say, hey, we don't negotiate, let's take it or leave it. That means that every single physician in that system is signing those contracts. So that's where the wheels started turning and I started thinking, what can I do? How can I be a part of the solution? And I thought about, do I go into lobbying? Do I go into teaching people how to negotiate? Do I go into, you know, I couldn't figure out what to do, but I knew that I had to be a part of the solution. And and in the interim, I found a great company to work for where I was really happy and I recruited some doctors to join me in the company. And there were some friends who had private practices and I helped them find doctors. And so I was doing this anyway. And I realized that this is where I can make the impact because they are private practices that are doing well, where their doctors are happy, but they're having trouble finding doctors. So if I can help them find doctors and bring doctors in from systems where they may not be happy or they're burned out, 
and bring them into a private practice where they can have autonomy and have a say in how the practice is run and really practice how medicine should be practiced, that's how I can make my difference. So that's how I got into physician recruiting and it's been super fun. I love that story. It's just filling a need that people have. And I find that with the pandemic, we kind of have this uh, like staff shortage kind of across all different workplaces and companies. And why does it matter that people are happy? Why does it matter that employees stay? Yeah, this is a really important question. And part of it is the obvious that it's nice to be happy and it's nice to work with happy people, but it really goes so much more than that. There's Happy employees, of course, don't leave as much as unhappy employees. And so you have much less turnover and turnover is never good for morale and it's for morale. And it's also very expensive. The other thing that's important to note, if you take the human side out of business and you just look at it strictly from a business standpoint, companies with happy employees have three times the revenue growth compared to companies with unhappy employees. So it's good all around. You enjoy your work, you have a more sustainable workplace, and your company does better. And so what are the reasons that people enjoy their work? What have you found? I, I like to break this up into six different points. You know, there's some companies have these cool perks like ping pong tables or video games at work or, you know, all of these younger companies do that. And those are great, but those are more perks and they're not really the real reasons why people like to stay and why they enjoy their work. So the number one most important reason is relationships. So we are human beings and human beings thrive on human relationships. And whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, we that may look a little bit different, whereas extroverts walk into a room and everyone's their best friend and they want to hang out with everyone. They can spend all day and all night with people. You know, that's what it looks like for an extrovert, whereas an introvert will have fewer close relationships and need a little bit more time alone. But no matter whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, you want to be around people who bring you joy and who make you happy to be around them. So the biggest part of why people are happy is their relationships. So when I think about my absolute very best job that I've ever had, it was because I got to go to work and hang out with the coolest lady ever. We, call, we called each other work wives and <laughs> we had so much fun. We, would, we had the same sense of humor which is kind of a dry potty sense of humor. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's not a lot of adults that enjoy potty humor, but we had so much fun working together. And as a result, we were so productive. We could have difficult conversations. We could talk about what wasn't working. And because we had that relationship to base everything else off of, those relationship, those difficult conversations were crucial to what made us work so well. And we had, because of the teamwork that we did, we had the highest engagement scores in the company, the highest productivity, the best rates of, I mean, across the board, we had it all. So relationships, absolutely number one. The second point kind of goes off of the first, which is managers. So if you have a good relationship with your manager, you're golden. And this, you know, managers and how they relate to 
employee happiness is very nuanced. Um, it ties into relationships, to engagement, to culture, to everything. And there's many studies that show a very direct link between an employee's engagement, how much they are engaged in their work, and the effectiveness of their manager. So a really good manager is important for retention. If you have a great relationship with your manager or you're the manager and you have a great relationship with your employees, that's going to help the employee feel comfortable coming to you with problems and they know that you're going to do something about it. So if you go to your employee, if, if you go to your manager with a problem, which probably takes a lot of courage in the first place, you want to know your manager is going to truly listen to you. They're going to empower you to come up with solutions and really think about it and, and come up with a solution. You don't want to meet with your manager a couple of weeks later and they're like, well, did you change? And, you know, that's not going <laughs> to yeah, help. Or it's if you, true. So when, an, true. when a manager listens and they get back to your emails and they're available, you're great. The third point is engagement. So that is how strongly someone feels connected to their work, to their teams, and to their company as a whole. So if you have a highly engaged employee, they're going to work harder, they'll stay longer, and they'll encourage others to do the same. So not only are they more productive and better, but they're real brand ambassadors for your company. They'll go out, like I was saying, I recruited for this company because I loved working there and I wanted to bring as many people into this great environment as possible. And so when you look at how many employees are looking outside of their company for work, a highly engaged employee will be 60% less likely to look outside of their company for another job. So, you know, that goes back to relationships and managers and all the things we're talking about today. Engagement is huge. The fourth point is where we find purpose or meaning in our work. This is where doctors really thrive because our purpose is to help people. We all go into medicine because we want to help people. So we want to feel that we're having an impact in the world and really we're still human beings and all employees want to be recognized for the work that we're doing. So people can persevere through suffering if they feel like, like what they're doing is worth it. And if you think of a very extreme example of this, you can go back to the Holocaust where people survived through crazy conditions. And it's because they knew that if they could survive, they could have meaning. And so that is just absolutely huge. And, and actually, the irony here is how this is what traps us as doctors, because if we're not happy in our work, which is topic for another day, but that meaning is what keeps us there because we don't want to leave our patients. We know that we're doing good work. And so if we're unhappy and we're told to churn out patients every 10 minutes or, you know, not given any time to do the charting and working every night, and we think, gosh, I can't do this anymore. What is the reason that we all stay? It's because we yeah. know we're making an impact and we're caring for our, our patients. And I definitely think that that goes across to lots of other fields in terms of police officers and firefighters, mm -hmm. nurses, and even uh, childcare workers, teachers. We all find purpose in um, our work and we will stay even if conditions aren't perfect because we do feel like we are fulfilling a, a calling. 
Absolutely. Yeah. The fifth point here is career development. So, you know, many people have a very big desire to keep growing and learning in their positions. We all have an, to some extent, we have an intrinsic motivation to keep growing. And so in companies that have a very strong learning culture or a developmental culture, they tend to have really great retention. And then the sixth point here is culture. So, you know, this ties everything together. If you have a culture where it's a family environment, everyone cares about each other, that tends to be a great environment, but not necessarily if you have someone who's more rigid and wants to come in, do their work, go home. And one way isn't necessarily better than the other. You just have to make sure that you're hiring for the right fit. Well, this was so informative. So I have relationships, manager, engagement, purpose, career development, and culture. So those are the reasons why people stay. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And so recently we had Boss's Day. And so what can we do as managers, as employers, as corporations to make people stay, enjoy their work? Yeah, there's so much we can do. A lot of focus is placed on how to motivate employees. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because I believe that people are motivated. It's really just about how do we tap into what they're motivated about. So some people are more motivated to go towards pleasurable things, and that would be towards you know helping the company or more productivity. And some people are more geared towards how do we avoid pain? And that would be things like, you know, I would imagine this as a lawyer who likes to see things like how, where can I poke holes in this theory? How can we avoid anything from going wrong? And so that's number one is really tailoring the jobs that you give to people for what their intrinsic motivation is. And, you know, really the huge thing there is empowering your employees. So if you can show your employees that you trust them, then that's huge. When employees know that they feel like they can do what's right for the customer, then they feel empowered to put themselves out there and innovate. I believe there's one hotel chain that does such a great job of this where, where their motto is do what's ev- whatever is right for the customer. And as a result, they have very happy employees and extremely happy customers. I think it's four seasons perhaps. And so this is one of the huge things that we see as doctors when we're told by insurance companies, we have to double book or triple book, or we can't prescribe certain medications. That's taking the empowerment away from us. And that's where our job satisfaction just absolutely falls apart. So, you know, empowering employees is huge. Another thing goes back to the managers is to really listen to your employees. And by listening, I don't mean looking and nodding and repeating back a word and all these things that you, you know, how to really listen to someone 101. It's more than just that. It's really listening. So if they share an idea or we spoke about earlier a problem, really consider what you're what they're saying and really listen to them and show them that you're mulling it over and you can work with them on the answer. So, you know, if an employee comes to you with a problem and you never bring it up again, that doesn't show that you're listening. If they come to you with a problem and the next time you meet, they say, okay, I've thought about it. This is what I've thought about what we can do. What do you think about that? And really asking them, that is just huge. 
I had a supervisor, a manager once who was absolutely wonderful. He would come visit our clinic and he would say, you know, I, I remember we had journal club one week and he came and said, did you read the article? And I said, yes, I did. And he said to me, what do you think about it? I think it was about some supplement. And I said, well, I don't like this article because, you know, and I kind of went through all the reasons why. And he says, huh, I didn't think about it that way. I'm going to change the way I practice. And that was so, I mean, this was someone who I highly respected and he was going to change something because of me. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And this is someone we haven't worked together for years, but we still keep in touch. We still call each other when we have ethical dilemmas or, you know, this is someone who empowered me. And if anyone called me and said, I have a job for you and this is your manager, I would run. I mean, I wouldn't even just think it over. It's not even a question. So really encouraging and maintaining two-way conversations is huge and showing your appreciation for what they do as well is huge. So just... Kind of just to recap, so in terms of tailoring duties of, you know, I don't want anything to do with technology, something that I should stay away from, but I love talking to patients and connecting with them, you know, having my manager tailor my duties to something that I like and giving other duties to people, to people who are, they enjoy other things. Exactly. Is that kind of what we're talking about? And then empowering our employees to kind of problem solve or to make the environment better for the people they serve and for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if, if you have a group of people who are all working together well and they know it and they're proud of that, they're going to keep doing and they're going to doing it and they're going to keep figuring out how to do it better. This was so informative and so we talked about the good, like why people stay. We're going to have to have you come back to talk about the bad, why people leave, and maybe avoiding ugly situations in the future. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> so how can people connect with you? I can be found on LinkedIn, Laura Hockman, MD. I have a website, which is www.happydayhealth.co. I have some forms you can fill out. They go directly to me. And I just made an Instagram, haven't done anything yet, trying to figure out how it works, but my Instagram name is happydaymd. Okay, so we thank you so much for coming on and we look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.